Welcome to the worship podcast for Grace Episcopal Church, Newton, Massachusetts, for Sunday, December 6, 2020. I'm Regina Walton, pastor and rector of Grace Church. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are welcome to join us for worship, learning, fellowship, and service at Grace. My slogan for Advent and Christmas has been, We cancel nothing, we reinvent everything. Perhaps by now you've received a flyer in the mail detailing all of our reinvented offerings for the season. The Women of Grace Cookie Exchange, the pageant, lessons and carols, they're all there, just different. We're keeping together by keeping apart, creatively and festively. May God bless and keep you this Advent and help us to bless and keep others safe as well. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be God's kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen.
has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. My soul proclaims thy be with you. Let us pray. Merciful God, who sent your messengers the prophets to preach repentance and prepare the way of our salvation, give us grace to heed their warnings and forsake our sins, that we may greet with joy the coming of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 1 through 11. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry out! And I said, What shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. 
The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain. O Zion, herald of good tidings, lift up your voice with strength. O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings, lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, Here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms, and carry them in his bosom, and gently lead the mother sheep. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. You have been gracious to your land, O Lord. You have forgiven the iniquity of your people. You have been gracious to your land, O Lord. You have restored the good fortune of Jacob. You have forgiven the iniquity of your people and blotted out all their sins. I will listen to what the Lord God is saying, for he is speaking peace to his faithful people and to those who turn their hearts to him. Truly his salvation is very near to those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth have met together, righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall spring up from the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. The Lord will indeed grant prosperity, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness shall go before him, and peace shall be a pathway for his feet. You have been gracious to your land, O Lord. You have forgiven the iniquity of your people. A reading from the second letter of Peter, chapter 3, verses 8 through 15. Do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, 
What sort of persons ought you to be in leading lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set ablaze and dissolved, and the elements will melt with fire? But in accordance with his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth, where righteousness is at home. Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, strive to be found by him at peace, without spot or blemish, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. Glory to you, Lord Christ. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, 
Lord Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be found acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. This week I listened to a great podcast interview with Sister Simone Campbell, the director of Network, a lobbying group of Catholic religious sisters, which is most famous for the Nuns on the Bus tours. Back in 2010, Sister Simone authored what became known as the Nun's Letter, signed by the leaders of 50 communities of religious sisters, urging the House of Representatives to pass the Affordable Care Act. This letter was very influential and was especially notable since the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops opposed the ACA. The first Nuns on the Bus Tour in 2012 was organized to protest Paul Ryan's budget and aid cuts to the poor. The nuns have gotten back on the bus in support of immigrants and many other issues over the years. Sister Simone says the members of her community, the Sisters of Social Service, are called to the edge to speak of things that people would rather not hear and to address the societal struggles of our time to make change. She quotes the foundress of the order, who said that the sisters were to be like pine trees growing out of craggy rocks, or like travelers on unbroken roads. As Sister Simone spoke to the interviewer about her work, her community, her sense of how faithful people can work for the common good in this political moment, I realized that I was listening to a contemporary prophet. Prophets are called to the edges to the margins, to speak about things that people would rather not hear. They have the persistence and the patience and the grit of those trees that manage to thrive on the rocky ledges and crags of mountains. They keep working, keep speaking, keep praying, and keep going against the odds, and often with little support. There was just one problem with my sense of Sister Simone Campbell as a prophet. She is a joyful person, and she's really funny. She told a story about how, just before her organization's 40th anniversary, Network was targeted by Pope Benedict XVI as part of his investigation into American women's religious orders with communist views. She and her colleagues had been struggling to come up with a way to get some publicity for the anniversary. So she called this an answer to her prayers. She told this story laughing, as if the Pope had given her a huge gift by putting her on his naughty list. Do prophets laugh at their own jokes? The thought had never occurred to me before. Today is the second Sunday of Advent, and that is always when John the Baptist shows up in the lectionary. I have an icon of John that I put on my prayer altar at home. If you've ever seen religious art depicting John, you know that he usually looks a lot like Jesus if Jesus were in a terrible mood 
and having a really bad hair day. He is dressed in the robe of camel's hair we heard described in the gospel. He is ascetically thin, and he looks like a big killjoy. All of this is to say he is a classic prophet. Biblical prophets are not known for their joy or their sense of humor. They are called to the edges, the wilderness, the desert, and they speak the truths that no one wants to hear. So they're usually unpopular. This is just an occupational hazard for them. Leaders, then and now, do not like to be called to account. The wealthy do not like to be told that their wealth was not earned on their own merits, but through the exploitation of the poor. Regular people don't like to be told that they're being deceived and distracted away from what truly matters, rather than building God's kingdom. John the Baptist, in the tradition of the prophets of the Hebrew Scriptures, called people to repentance and confession. He offered baptism for the forgiveness of their sins. Now, just to note, baptism wasn't really a thing at that time. It wasn't entirely unknown. There were some more fringe religious groups that practiced it, but it certainly wasn't standard Jewish practice. Crowds of people were following John out into the wilderness to be baptized by him, but he claimed that another was coming after him who would baptize not with water but with fire and the Holy Spirit. Listening to Sister Simone Campbell has made me wonder if perhaps I've been wrong about John the Baptist. Was he really all that joyless? How do we know he was always scowling? Because of Eastern Orthodox iconographers? Because he preached repentance? Because he told people to straighten up and fly right? So did Jesus. Big crowds followed John out to the edge, the wilderness, to hear his message. And this message, while critical of the powers that be and the status quo, was a message of hope. Through repentance, through the waters of baptism, the people's sins would be forgiven, and they would enjoy a new life in right relationship with God. They would have a clean slate and a new chance to orient their lives to God's law. John the Baptist must have been charismatic. He was popular. He started a movement that paved the way for Jesus' ministry. Jesus' first disciples, after all, were followers of John. Perhaps John wasn't a holy sourpuss after all. He drew crowds by challenging authority and offered people a public step they could take to repent and walk with God in their own day. Even Herod, puppet king of Palestine, was enthralled by him, which ultimately led to John's death. But John the Baptist, with his strange outfit and vegan diet and off-the-grid lifestyle, John, who had nothing of any worldly value, was offering people something they desperately wanted, the bridge to a life totally oriented around God's love. They were willing to follow him into the Jordan River to take the plunge, and Jesus followed John into the river as well. Sister Simone Campbell addresses the connection between prophecy and joy. In her new book, she writes, Grimness is not an expression of 21st century holiness. Maybe grimness wasn't an expression of 1st century holiness either. 
Now the joy of the prophets is not unacquainted with sorrow for the pain of the world. The nuns on the bus go around hearing personal stories of the hardships of people all over the country due to the injustice and structural racism of many of the laws of the land. These stories are hard to hear and hard to bear. Sister Simone told the story of a woman who came to a nuns on the bus event directly from the funeral of her sister, who had died because she lost her job and had no health insurance, and so her colon cancer was not discovered until it was far too advanced to be treated. The biblical scholar Walter Brueggemann wrote that part of the prophetic imagination is to touch the pain of the world as real. It is touching the pain of the world, naming it, recognizing it, that transforms our hearts of stone into hearts of flesh. Sister Simone says, When our hearts are broken open, then we have room for everyone. Pope Francis, in his encyclical Gaudete et Exultate, lists five characteristics of holiness in today's world. The first is perseverance, those pine trees growing out of the crags again. But the second characteristic is joy and a sense of humor. The Pope writes, Far from being timid, morose, acerbic, or melancholy, or putting on a dreary face, the saints are joyful and full of good humor. Though completely realistic, they radiate a positive and hopeful spirit. The Christian life is joy in the Holy Spirit. Pope Francis also reminds us that the, that the prophets weren't always gloomy gusses after all, writing, The prophets proclaimed the times of Jesus, in which we now live, as a revelation of joy. Shout and sing for joy, Isaiah 12:6. Break forth, O mountains, into singing, for the Lord has comforted his people, and he will have compassion on his afflicted, Isaiah 49:13. Nor should we forget Nehemiah's exhortation, Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Mary, too, in her prophetic song known as the Magnificat, rejoices in God her Savior, who has lifted up the lowly and filled the hungry with good things. The incarnation for which we are preparing is an occasion for joy in the midst of troubled times because the advent of our Lord is the sign that God is making God's home with us. Pope Francis' other characteristics of holiness in today's world are boldness and passion, being in community, and being in constant prayer. I think that these characteristics of holiness are also characteristics necessary to face down the winter of 2020. We need to dig deep to keep hold of the things that motivate us to boldly serve and hope and bring the good news to others. We need to be in community, even now when it's difficult to be in person. We learned this year that our togetherness is more spiritual and less physical than we thought. We've learned that our community is worth fighting for, worth adapting for, worth learning new technology for, and that we're still church even when we're receiving communion out on the lawn in our masks and coats and winter hats instead of inside in the pews. 
Many of us have learned the importance of prayer in a new way during these months, especially our own private prayer. Perseverance, joy and good humor, boldness and passion, being in community, being in constant prayer. Hang on to these. Put them on a sticky note on your bathroom mirror. These are the qualities that will get us through this next surge. These and being willing to have our hearts broken open, to make room for everyone, to help build a world that has room for and values everyone. The prophets of today still touch the pain of the world as real. They still call us to repentance and confession because it is facing the truth and turning towards God that activates the power of the Holy Spirit bestowed on us in baptism. Answering the prophet's call is no easy path. It will break us open. That will be true this winter when so many are falling ill, with so many of our systems failing while our hospitals are filling up, with so many people still unwilling to make small sacrifices for the common good. And it will be true when we come to the end of the pandemic and face a new future. Are we willing to be broken open, to make room for everyone? And also to make room for joy, for peace, and for the comfort and strengthening that Isaiah promises. This breaking open is not just how we become holy, it's how we become fully human. That is the call of the prophets who touch the pain of the world as real, and who also rejoice in the goodness of God. They call us to repentance, but also to community, to prayer. They call us to be bold and to persevere. They call us to love and to laughter even now. They call us to let our hearts be broken open, to make room. In God's name, amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Prayers of the People Let us pray to the Lord, saying, Lord, have mercy. Watchful at all times, let us pray for strength to stand with confidence before our Maker and Redeemer, that God's kingdom may come with justice and mercy. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That God's scepter of righteousness may be established among the nations. We pray for our elected leaders in this time of pandemic, economic uncertainty, and partisan division. 
May they demonstrate a commitment to truth, the common good, and public health. We pray for the global community in these challenging days, especially refugees and asylum seekers, the poor and indigenous peoples. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That we may seek Christ in the scriptures and recognize him in the breaking of the bread. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That God may bind up the brokenhearted, restore the sick, and raise up all who have fallen, especially those on our parish prayer list, those recovering from COVID-19, and those we name silently or aloud. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That the light of God's coming may dawn on all who live in darkness and the shadow of death. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That with all the saints in light, we may shine forth as lights for the world. Lord, keep us from harming others through risky or thoughtless choices. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray that as we await the birth of Christ within our hearts, all our loved ones celebrating birthdays may be blessed, especially Anne, Dawn, Max, James, Madison, Carol Kurtz, Mary Carpenter, and others we name now. In our parish cycle of thanksgiving, we pray for our nonagenarians, Wellington Scott, Libby Gerlach, and Bessie Lyman, who bless us with their wisdom, friendship, and example of faithfulness in their tenth decade. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray that those who have died might have a place in God's heavenly kingdom, especially Alan Wordle, John Halfrey, and those we name now. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We commend ourselves and all for whom we pray to the mercy and protection of our Heavenly Father. Holy God, you have called us to be a source of spiritual restoration and strength. Make us conduits of divine love, following the example of Jesus. Help us to companion the vulnerable, heal division, and confront and dismantle inequality. Give us your grace, now and always. Amen. Straight up.
The peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. Thank you to everyone who contributed to our worship podcast for today. We thank the Grace Church Choir, featuring section leaders Christian Buobin, Diane Drost, Stephen M., and John Yanis, joined today by Linda Hosfeld. We also thank our music director and organist, Chris Hosfeld. Thank you to our lectors, Rowan Larson and Ann Benequist, and our lay reader, Carol McNally. You can find out more about Grace Church on our website, gracenewton.org. We hope you join us again next week.